be here this morning in spite of the uh, chill. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad the heater's working and, and we're in God's house. If you have a Bible, I'd like to turn your attention as a beginning place to Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful rally we had Friday night and a great dinner. It was all wonderful and everything was very smooth and just nice when things click. I was very thankful, very thankful. The team that the Lord has given us. I'm in Acts chapter 2 and I'd like to turn your attention to verse 42. Acts 2 and 42. And said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. I'm going to work for a little while this morning on continuing forward. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. To actually, you know, to continue, it means to persist. It's a persisting. It's not something that's just going to happen. It's a persisting. There's got to be, you know, involvement on our part. And it's very important to get involved in God's work. But to persist in, in carrying forward, okay, to persist in carrying forward. When Jesus Christ gave birth to the only church he ever gave birth to, that church has continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It has uh, what Jesus gave to the apostles, they in turn gave it to the ones that they influenced and taught the gospel to, and then those people went and did the same thing. That's why uh, we have a good representation of the body of Christ throughout the earth, because it didn't stay in Jerusalem. You know, the, the church was could have easily gotten very contented, and I believe was heading that way in Jerusalem. First of all, the majority, of course, were Jewish by background, and um, they, they were making the, what has become a classic mistake, and that is that they wanted to be involved with Judaism. <laughs> and, you know, and they wanted to... I was thinking again this morning that um, people, you know, want to give a lot of credence or a lot of reliance uh, or put a lot of stock in being whatever, wherever they come from, uh, Italian. And it is written in Acts chapter 10 that they were of the Italian band. Uh, only time that ever got mentioned, and uh, there's people from islands that could always refer to what island they came from or come from, uh, or what their background is, whether it be Jamaican or be Haitian or be a Barbadian. Uh, there's all kinds of things that people could refer to. Uh, there are there's Chinese, of course, and there's the Orient, uh, there's Russian, there's Siberian. You could just go on and on and on because there are many, many countries uh, that are in this world, and oftentimes they're changing names in some places. But nonetheless, they trace their roots back to certain things. And uh, but you know the thing to remember is that when we come into the body of Christ. And the way we, the only way to come in 
And I'm glad. I had a man the other day, he uh, was trying to tell me that if I could change a certain thing, that um, maybe I, I wouldn't get a speeding ticket. And I was like, okay, you're talking to the right guy because I have a tendency to get those from time to time. And so he just said if we could change the, uh, the way things are looked at like they did with computers, and I don't want to get too deep into that, but they changed the, more or less the mathematical, the number system, the base, they call it. And he said if I could just get them to realize that, you know, uh, 65 isn't really 65, you know. And uh, I said, yeah, while I'm on my way to jail arguing with the officer, I don't think we're going to do that. And uh, I'm saying to you that um, there are, there, I told the man, I said, truly what you're trying to say to me is that there's, you don't want any absolutes. You don't want anything to be what it is. You don't want anything to, to uh, be constant, shall we say. And, and, and uh, you want things always shifting sands and always moving. I'm glad that with our God that there are things that are certainly absolute. That they are, they are anchored, they are real, and they are unchangeable and immutable. And uh, this is important to us, really it is, because... Uh, I, I, I want, as Paul said, I know in whom I believe. We have a, we have a faith that is uh, steadfast. We have a belief system that is in, uh, if you want to use this terminology, it's in concrete. It's not moving. It's not changing. It's not shifting sands. And uh, they say that in the deserts, over for an example in Egypt, that that wind will begin to, to uh, uh, blow and things can get covered up and things are covered up and uh, because of the shifting sands. And then the wind can blow the other way and it can uncover it and you can begin to see. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that there are things with God that are uh, not going to get moved by the shifting sands and the, and the uh, winds, whether they be contrary winds or otherwise. Uh, we're going to, what we have, what Jesus Christ started, is, is, is solid. And it's not going to be changed. It's not going to be moved. And that should be important to you. Uh, I, I'm a part, you're a part of the body of Christ. And so we're leaving things behind us. And it, it does teach us that, right? Pressing toward the mark, forgetting the things that are behind, leaving those things, getting away from those things. And so as we do that, I want you to understand that when you, uh, the Bible said here too in uh, Acts 2.41, as Peter preached, the, the first message to them on that first day of the church, the church, the only church that Jesus ever started, it went on to say, they that gladly received his word, that there is not an argument, there is not a contrariness, there is, there is not a, uh, a moving uh, or using a drawing on uh, a carnal and natural mind anymore, that we're putting that aside we're forgetting those things. that If you want to forget, forget the things that are behind. And heaven knows that sometimes we get brain freeze and, and we can't quite grasp what we want to say and, and something that we know we should know. Uh, we haven't quite got the handle on it at the moment. But uh, I'm glad that the things of God are, are things that uh, we're not forgetting. 
Those are things that we're holding strong. And Paul did say, or Peter did say, um, uh, stirring up your pure mind by way of remembrance. So there's a constant remembrance. We're constantly bringing this before each other so that we cannot lose it, that it cannot be blown away or, or covered over somehow. We don't want that. We want this in sharp relief. We want this to be seen. We want this to be remembered. We don't want it to get dull. And that's a Bible word. We don't want that. We want a sharpness. We want this thing to be real and solid in our lives day in and day out. And that's how it was when the church began. They gladly received the word. There was no argument. There was no fuss. There was no fight. There was no uh, disagreement going on, you know, and, and some kind of debate. That wasn't happening. Okay? Everybody said amen. amen. That wasn't happening. No, sir. They were, they were uh, gladly receiving the word. They were so happy. Uh, you know, I, um, I uh, am sure most of you that were here and, and witnessed uh, Lily receiving the Holy Ghost and how happy she is. And she just went, I'm so happy. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the way you should feel when you get the Holy Ghost, right? As a happiness, friend. And you don't want to, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to let, you don't want to let the things of life uh, begin to uh, immerse that and bury that and, and get rid of that. You don't want that to take place. You want to keep that on the uppermost. Isn't it Paul that said, now I think myself happy. So you want to get your thoughts ordered correctly. You want to be thinking on the things that are, are pure and clean and full of virtue and right. You want to get, and these things make you happy. Happy that you know the truth. Happy that you're one of God's children. Happy that he brought you into the church. You're glad about receiving the things of God. You're glad about what God is saying. You're glad about the teachings of the church. And, and so I'm not hailing back to, uh, they have these things, you know, where you can uh, find out what your genealogy is and where you come from. My genealogy is right here in this chapter and verse. I'm not interested in what my natural genealogy is. I'm not interested in a coat of arms that's built around something worldly. I'm interested in Jesus Christ's blood. I'm interested in the sword of the Spirit. I'm interested in the shield of faith. Amen. 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 To come into the church, to the body of Christ, to be pulled out of darkness and to come into His marvelous light, to become a part of what He is doing. And then as you become a part, as you're blessed and fortunate enough to be born again, to be uh, repented of your sins and to be baptized in Jesus' name and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This world has been shifting uh, shortly after and what we're talking about. Uh, it's been shifting shortly after Jesus gave birth to the original church. But you see, he built this upon the rock. Isn't that what it said? Upon this rock, I will build my church. This is the rock that's higher than we are. This is a rock that is supernatural. This is a rock that cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. And, uh, while, and, the, and your Bible teaches you that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Everything that can be moved is going to be moved. But what's going to stand is the church. The church and its teachings are going to stand. They have tried and there has been many, many attempts and they continue to do it to, to uh, get us as the church 
to change our message. And to um, one individual made a statement that, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're not going to be that way anymore. We're not going to do it that way anymore. We're not going to talk that way anymore. And you know what? That There probably are some things in life that should be different. Uh, I would grant you that, but not when it comes to the church and its teachings. Those things are not, those things are sacred. They're not to be changed. They're not to be moved. And they're not, they're not worldly natural traditions either. These are rooted in the Spirit. This is rooted in the Holy Ghost. This is of God. And this is not to be changed. He said, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. He's not wrong. He's right. And I want to line up with him. I want to get right in alignment with him. That's what I want to do. Amen. And that's what these folks did. These folks are people just like y'all. They're just like all around us in our world and billions of people that we have. And uh, they live in their worlds today, people do. And they have their, their own set of beliefs. They have their own traditions. Uh, but Peter dealt with that too. He said, you realize that you're not, you're not saved or delivered from sin by a vain conversation that was delivered unto you by your forefathers, you know. In other words, vain conversation. He's meaning a worthless, useless style of life or living or thinking and believing. It's, it's worthless. It's, it's of no value. It's natural, and it's not going to get the job done. We've got to get God's plan and God's message, and that's what the church did. Those that became the beginning of the original church, and they, they gladly received the Word of God. They were so excited to hear what the apostles had to give to them. Those apostles that were eyewitnesses of the majesty and the glory of Jesus Christ. And how that uh, they, they uh, received what the apostles gave to them and, and, and was confirmed by the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, the scripture teaches. And they got that, friend, and they, they uh, became a part of what was going to go forward to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There was not going to be a change. There was not going to be a twisting or a warping of God's holy word. And there has been a battle and there has been a fight from the very beginning to keep this message the same and not to change. You hear me? And that we can stay as close to it as we possibly can and that we do not want, we have to always be exceedingly cautious about people who want to come up with something, shall we say, new. And you know, the enemy's always trying to introduce something new because he wants to get away. And as, uh, what was it, First John said, he said, I'm, I'm going to give you a new commandment. He said, it's, it's the same old commandment. <laughs> it's the one we taught you at the beginning. That's what he said. And so as you look at it, there's nothing wrong with what God's given. It's right. And it, it's not going to wear out. It's not going to rust out. It's absolutely the right thing. And you and I want to realize what a great foundation, as it is written, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2 and 20, friend, and we're, we're on that. We're built on that, and we got to take heed how we build on that. We've got to take heed. We've got to use the right chapter and verse. We've got to stay with the right subject matter. We've got to stay with the right teachings. Men that the Bible said have hazarded their lives, you know, and that through the, through the centuries and even the millenniums, we're, we're pretty close to 2,000 years here since the, as far as we can reckon, that the church has been up and running, the church that Jesus started. And, and uh, in so doing, that, that church that Jesus started 
over these millenniums has fought very hard to keep the message the same. There's been Demases who have forsaken, having loved this present world. There has been Hymenaeuses and Philetuses that have uh, taught false doctrine and said that the uh, resurrection is past and uh, overthrew the faith of some. Okay, there's always going to be some, unfortunately, that will listen to the wrong teaching and that will follow people in the wrong direction and will chase after every wind of doctrine. But you are not to be in that case. You are to be rooted. You are to be grounded. You are to be settled. You are to be immovable. Always abounding. Always abounding. That's that. That always gives you the feeling of abounding forward, a persistence to go forward. We're going to take what God has given us and we're going to go forward with it. We're not going to turn to the right all the time in your Bible telling you don't go to the right, don't go to the left. And of course, we don't want to go backwards. We don't want to have a reverse gear. We want to go a persistence in carrying it forward. We want to have a perpetual forward motion. Ezekiel seeing the vision that he saw and the wheels that were given to the to that angelic being, if you please, always went forward. It was a continual going forward, trying to teach us as the church, the wheel within the middle of the wheel. God's got a church within the so-called church, and you better believe that. And those that are his worthies, there's going to be a recounting of those worthies. That's that persistence. That's that continually going forward. You're going to be there at the end as well as you were at the beginning. You're not going to be here today and gone tomorrow. You're going to be there and be there and be there. Amen. And so the Bible said that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And this is so important because as the church went forward, as I said, they could have been content, and I'm sure there was a contentedness that was settling in. You know, I would have liked to, I was very content to sit in my car in the sun this morning. <laughs> I thought maybe I just won't get out. And I, but I had to go into that radio station and preach this morning and, uh, and, and everything after that. So, you know, we just have to uh, overcome these things, don't we? And everybody said, praise the Lord. So we, so we, can, get, uh, we can realize that the church was very happy. Uh, they were in Jerusalem, and Jesus sent them there, and it began there. And, and uh, as I said, they had, a strong, they had strong roots because they, they had come out of Judaism. And some of them had to be reminded of that later on, but let's not get ahead. And here we are, they're, they're uh, uh, feeling comfortable in Jerusalem. They had their friends. They had their favorite little places to eat. They had their uh, places to go and, and congregate together and worship and, and they had their work cut out for them because it was a, it was a large populated place and, and there were a lot of people that needed to be converted to the truth and, uh, and be taught about Jesus the Christ. And so they set about to do it and they did. They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine, the Bible said. So they were, they were not sitting back. They were not uh, uh, shirking their responsibility. They were up and about the work of the Lord. And in so doing, though, they got a little contented. They got, they got just happy about it. And they forgot, evidently, or they, they just weren't. They were so busy and occupied about what they were doing, and it was a full load. But in conse uh, consequently, they, they uh, weren't seen beyond the grass under their feet. And so the Lord had to uh, put a little pressure on them. He, he knows those pressure points. I often tell about a young man that I was in high school with, and, and uh, his dad was a chiropractor. And uh, he, the, the kid, the young man, was, a, was getting taller and older and, and I asked him, I said, so you, you and your dad still wrestling? He said, yeah. 
And I said, so how you doing? You, get, you, you, you told me he usually wins. He said, well, he said, he said, I can just about beat him. He said, but every time I get close to beating him, he said, he knows that nerve depressor or that pressure point. He paralyzes me and I can't move. <laughs> and so you're just there, you know, like that, because he knows where, right? And so and, and I got a big kick out of that. Well, the Lord knew exactly what nerve to touch. And, uh, and he dealt with the church, and the, and the church said, well, okay, let's send uh, Philip down uh, one of the seven. We'll send him down to Samaria. And, uh, and boy, that was a, a bone in their throat because the, the Jews, as Jesus made that statement, or was told to him, rather, sitting on the well going through Samaria, and what a message Jesus has right there, that I'm going where nobody else is going. I'm going where people think that they uh, are going to be uncomfortable because they don't like this kind of people. And so he went right down to Samaria. He said, I must needs go there. He had a compelling burden to go there in the days of his flesh. And he sat down on the well being wearied with his journey. And here comes a woman to draw water. And the next thing you know, he's witnessing to her while the disciples were off checking out McDonald's or something. And, uh, you know, he, he brings a message to her. And, and she, uh, she begins to go and tell the whole entire city. There, there's an evangelism going on here. One person that was witness to, one person that went and affected a whole entire city. Come see a man that told me everything about myself and saw past my all of my, uh, my, my subterfuge and past all of my little, you know, defenses that I put up there. He got right to the heart of where I live. He just told me how I really am. And it affected me in a positive way. Did it with the right spirit. And so... And gave her good promise. And that's how Jesus is. He gives us good promise. And so the uh, point that I think I would like to make is that Jerusalem was being infiltrated by the church. Jerusalem was being filled with the doctrine. But it wasn't enough to stay in Jerusalem. This has to go forward. This message has to be preserved. It has to go forward. Everybody needs it. There's nobody that you're going to meet anywhere but what they need this message. They need what you've got. Think about that. They need what you've got. And... Uh, and I realize that our battle is against the spirit of unbelief. And we're looking for people that will gladly receive the word of God. It's a whole, it's a whole lot nicer when you can, can find somebody that is open to what you're saying and, and the, the truth that you're giving. It's a, it's a great feeling that they're not fighting you and they're not resisting you and they're not arguing with you. But that's a, there's a hunger in their heart. And that we want to keep certain things alive, church family. You want to keep that hunger alive. You want to be realizing what all God has entrusted to you. And that's Bible terminology. Put in trust. You know, there are people that put money in trust. Who care? Who needs to care about money, church family? What you need to realize is you've got something far better than money. I know it's a medium of exchange. I know that there are bills that need to be paid, but I'm telling you, we've got to look beyond. You've got to realize that there's a street of gold and there's walls of jasper and gates of pearl. And he used those analogies to try to help you to realize that in your flesh, the things that seem uh, valuable to you and that people think are valuable, he's trying to tell you, I'm going to give you a street of gold. You can. We paved with gold in heaven. I like that. <laughs> boy, oh boy, what kind of machine is that going out there? Woo, that'd be something if you've ever watched some paver road. It's a beautiful thing to see that nice. Uh, it's just like looking at the at the soil out here when they get done uh, cultivating and disking it and it's so 
rich and beautiful, that black soil, and, and uh, the, you won't even see a blade of grass. It's just a beautiful thing. And when people come to visit, preachers come, I love to take them and show them that. Well, I'm saying when that, when that big old machine is going down the road and, and leaving behind it a, a paved road, freshly clean, nice paved road, it's beautiful, but just imagine gold coming out. Just imagine gold. It's going to be a street of gold. God's trying to tell you, I'm giving you something here. First of all, it starts with, I'm giving you a treasure in an earth and vessel. I'm telling you, we got to keep this thing going forward. We've got to preserve this. We've got to tell ourselves that this is a carrying forward of what is right. We don't want to lose it. We don't want to lose in our heart. We do not want to lose the value of it. We want to realize that the more that we realize what we've got, then the more we're going to fight for it, the more we're going to hold on to it. And there are spirits and as the church went forward, there are spirits that fight us. As the church went forward uh, to Samaria and preached Christ, well, here's a young evangelist that uh, out on his first, you know, deal, and he's fresh from making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or maybe tuna fish, and uh, a little gavelta fish maybe, huh? And, uh, and you know, he's, he's pouring Kool-Aid and, and uh, iced tea and everything, and he's doing all those things, and that's good. And uh, he, he learned how to work with the team and get that, make that smooth. That was great. But uh, the time came. You're going to Samaria now. You're going to preach Christ. Don't forget all the things you've been taught, all the things you've witnessed and been a part of. And so he took all that good training, all that good teaching. He went down to Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And friend, the Bible teaches that even Simon the sorcerer, in your Bible, 8 and 13, he continued with Philip, believing he was believing. Imagine that. He was believing. He, he was saying, this is, this is real. This is right. And he was believing it. But the problem is, is that he couldn't get free of his human spirit. He couldn't get free of that, those same old patterns and same old ways of doing things. You know, the guy was a con artist. He was a huckster. He was out there. He had the whole entire city bewitched, giving off that he was some great big guy. You know? And he talked it up, and he got them convinced. And they all were following after him until, until Philip brought Jesus Christ to town. And friend, when he, when he brought Jesus Christ to town, I want you to understand that they, they marveled. They, they were excited. They, the whole city was filled with joy. Oh, man, because devils were casted out and the sick were healed. And, and they, they began to get baptized. And Philip himself, I mean, uh, Simon himself believed that old sorcerer. And in believing, he got baptized and he continued, the book said. He continued moving forward with Philip through that town. But it took the experience of the apostles who came down, having heard that Samaria had received the word of God. And getting there, then they begin to see, oh wait, uh, they're baptized. Only they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's a necessity, but it, not, it can't just be by itself. You've got to be born again of water, yes, but also of the Spirit to see or enter the kingdom of God. There's no changing in this. See, they could have said, well, we got baptized. That's good enough, you know, but that's not enough. That's not enough, okay? And not according to the Bible, not according to the apostles' doctrine, to what Jesus gave to them. They had to receive ye the Holy Ghost. And so they begin to pray for them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And boy, when Simon saw that, you don't read about him saying, I want the Holy Ghost. You read more about it. I want the power to give the Holy Ghost. I could, boy, I could make quite a business here, you know. And, uh, and that's the thing, that old human spirit. 
he couldn't get delivered, evidently, from that human spirit that just was uh, filled with uh, human ideas and natural ways. And he wasn't seeing this thing spiritually at all. And he wanted to turn it, he wanted to commercialize it. And so uh, Peter had to deal with him and told him, Your heart is not right with God. It's not right. You got something wrong there. And uh, we, you got to get that fixed. You're in the bond of iniquity and the, and the gall of bitterness. And, uh, and of course, thankfully, uh, Simon, I will say for his, to his credit that he did say, <laughs> Pray for me <laughs> that none of the things that you're telling me are going to happen to me. And uh, help me out here. Uh, but I'm saying to you that there are many people, just like Simon, that, that want to take God's message and they want to go in a completely different direction. And they want to apply human understanding and knowledge to it. They don't have uh, that, that seeing eye and that hearing ear. They don't have that spiritual mind. These things are of the Lord. And, and uh, they don't have that. They're operating on a very low plane, okay? A very human plane. And the things of God become foolishness to them. They look at the church and the way the church... We had a man come into church one time, and he looked at the facility, not here. He looked at one of our facilities, and he said, Oh, man, he said, this would be a great place for bingo. Bingo? Well, you know. Natural mind, natural thinking, money, business, you know, fun and games, recreation, toys, whatever, you know, just a natural mind. You know, where the church is thinking healing for the sick. <laughs> you know, somebody's laying in a hospital bed in, the, in intensive care, shall we say, uh, I don't think they want to play bingo, you know. I don't think that that's what they're looking for at that moment, okay. I really believe they'd like something far greater, you know. And uh, I, I often tell the story about the, the account of the um, airplane that was going down. It was, it, and the pilot had got on and said, fasten your seat belts and hold on because, and, uh, and if anybody back there knows how to pray, please pray because we are going down. And so um, people begin to cry and scream and, uh, and begin to say, is there, is there a priest is that, you know, they were reaching out for anything. You know, is there a priest? Is there a preacher? Is there a rabbi? Is there anybody here that can pray? And uh, I guess that was a plane full of unbelief, huh? <laughs> and uh, unbelievers. And so uh, the one fellow kind of timidly raised his hand. He said, well, he said, I lived next to a church, church house. And he said, I, I could pray like I prayed. <laughs> so, so they said, uh, okay, anything, anything, help us. So he, 25, 36, 42, bingo! That's what he heard. That's what the church house next to him where he lived, that's what he heard. That's all that they conveyed to him. That's all they conveyed to him. I don't believe that the people on that plane going down were real happy with that prayer. I don't believe that they found that that helped at all. You know. So we have something here that can really do something for people. People have all kinds of religion, and it doesn't help. You know, people, I, I used to go sometimes, long time ago now, I haven't been a long time, but a certain seamstress, thankfully we have a seamstress here now, Sister Alice, but uh, used to go to, a, back in the days before Sister Alice, 
<laughs> I used to go to a place, and um, and uh, she's from Vietnam. Very nice lady. But she has a Buddha, a little Buddha that sits there, and she puts fruit for Mr. Buddha, who can't eat, who can't see, who can't smell, who can't move, who is not alive. But every day, she puts fruit for Mr. Buddha. Okay? I don't know what she does when the root fruit begins to rot. I'm not sure how that what, how that goes. I don't know. And uh, but this is what she was raised to believe. This is what the set of beliefs that were passed down to her. Okay. And there are people all over the world that have all kinds of different beliefs. That's the way they believe. And I'm saying to you, we are headed towards 11 billion people. We're in that going in that direction, and it won't be long. Too many years now, and will this world will probably have 11 billion people on this planet? And I am saying to you that out of that 11 billion, you need to realize how fortunate we all need to realize how fortunate we are that God has pulled us out and that He has given us truth, He has given us the message, He has given us the open our understanding, and, and we can't afford to get sidetracked. We cannot afford, we need to realize we have this treasure in earthen vessel here. That God, the gold he's put on the inside here. And what we've got, I'm trying to tell you, you can't get it just anywhere. Not just anywhere. Okay? Now we want to bring it everywhere. We do want to do that. And that's why Philip went down to Samaria. That's why the Holy Ghost sent him down there. And it didn't stop there. As there became a congregation, people called out of darkness in the marvelous light and, and begin to comprise or make up the congregation at Samaria. So there were other places as you go in your Bible after the book of Acts, as you finish reading that book, which is a history of the church, the birth of the church that Jesus started, and that church continuing in the apostles' doctrine. Then you go to the book of Romans, and Romans through Revelation are letters they are messages that were sent to the congregations that were started in new areas as the church reached out and went forth, just like Philip going to Samaria. Well, then Paul went to Rome, or this one went to here or there or wherever, and different ones went to different places as the Holy Ghost led them to go. And um, as they went, they preached the message, and they didn't waver on the message. They didn't change the message. They brought the same pattern over and over and over again. Okay? And let me tell you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is not broken. God is not broken. Okay? You don't have to try to fix Him. And His message, it's right. It's correct. And you want to thank God to give you an understanding, to open your understanding that you're seeing what the Bible said many righteous people wanted to see and they didn't get to see. Many, many kings and queens and, and people of, of renown back in the day that they didn't get to see. What even prophets had said, when, 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 when? Well, it's not for you. Oh, you know, but it's for them to come after you. And, it, and so it has, and you're that people. You're, you're, the, you're that people that because, you know why? Because people from Acts chapter 2 to this present second, they didn't quit. They, they persisted. They kept on, and, they, and that's telling you that persistent is telling you that there was opposition. 
There was opposition, and Jesus made it clear that there would be an opposition, but he said it would not prevail. My people are going to go forward. My people are going to overcome. I'm going to confirm my word for them that work with me. And that's what he's done. And so that's why you've got Romans for Revelation. And that's why you've got teaching, for an example, in the book of Romans. And we'll tell you the difference between the children of the flesh and the children of the spirit. Okay? That the children of the flesh are not the people of God. And the world is full, of course, of people that are children of the flesh. They, they walk in the flesh. They, they live in the flesh. They operate in the flesh. They desire the things of the flesh. And their patterns in their mind are very fleshly and very carnal. But those are things that can, need to be replaced. Those are things that need to be changed. And that's what happens when we get this born-again experience. That way there's a change, not just a change for the sake of change, but a change for the good. There's a change for the good. And so that's where the song, no doubt, was born. The things that I used to do, I don't do them anymore. You know, those things, I don't do those things anymore. I don't, I don't, even, I don't have a desire to do those things anymore. I told Sr. Sitzfeld yesterday, we were sitting in the sun, trying to stay a little warm there, around 2 in the afternoon. And, um, and we, uh, I told her, I said, you know, and you watch people and you see people and, and uh, going to and fro and chasing after the things they're chasing after. And, and, and I just said, you know, I'm so glad that we put the best years of our lives in the church. I'm so glad God called us out of darkness and brought us into the church. I have no regrets whatsoever. And in the, in the time when you think it's tough and you think it's, it's difficult and, and you're undeserving of certain things, you just remember something. God spared not His only Son. You hear me now? God spared not His own Son. And His own Son was His only begotten Son. Only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He never did it wrong. He never said it wrong. He did not sin. Do you hear me? He was a spotless lamb of the Spirit, and yet he was taken by wicked hands, and he was crucified. Do you hear me? He was despised and rejected of men. You better hear me now. You're going to go through some things, but you better remember that you are a child of the King. You are in the church, and you've got to fight your way forward. You cannot go right or left. You cannot down. You've got to endure. You've got to persist. You've got to carry this forward. Carry it forward. And as the writings went on, the teachings went on, the message went on to teaching people, now that you're saved, now that you're delivered from sin, now that the patterns have been changed in your life, or they're being changed. They're there in the experience but, you know, you got to grow in grace and knowledge, church family. You have little baby, and uh, got some babies back here. You, you have little babies. They, they, um, they have all the potential is there. But, you know, there's got to be growing in grace and knowledge. You know? And uh, so it is spiritually that, uh, you know, you don't want to stay a month or two months or even a year old. You want to grow in grace and knowledge. You want to, to move forward in your knowledge and your wisdom. Uh, an understanding of the things of God. And as the church fought to go forward, overcoming the, the forces that were against it, okay, and trying to keep it from bringing the message everywhere. Do you know that it actually approximately three centuries or 300 years after the original church was started by Jesus? Dates sometimes are a little fudgy, you know, 
And, uh, but uh, generally speaking, in about 325 A.D., there were people that had left the original church. Now it tells you in 1 John in your Bible, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 19, and I want you to listen, this is where it tells you about us. Okay, It said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Four times. Not done yet, though. But they went out that they might be made manifest, or that it might become obvious, clear, clearly seen, demonstrated, that they were not of us. Five times. One verse. Us. We are the us. Usins. <laughs> we are the us. We are the church. And there's, there were people that went out. And that's what happened. These people left Jesus and his teachings, just as Jesus looked one time at, the, at the, the, his disciples, and after 70 had left. And uh, that's quite a little walkout, 70 people. And he said, uh, you going to? And, and Peter said, where are we going? <laughs> you got the words of eternal life. Well, see, he recognized that. He believed that. He held steadfastly to that. You know, big old Peter. He could have been, uh, as others, they, they, their grip was pried away. And they fell away. They, and that's Bible terminology. And they left the church. They left the teachings. They left the pastor. But Jesus and the disciples went on. Okay. And because, as Peter stated, where, where are we going? If we leave this, we're leaving eternal life. I don't want to leave eternal life. I don't want to leave that street of gold. I don't want to leave everything that, that is the third heaven. I don't want to leave no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more death. Because the last enemy, there are enemies. He said the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Okay? No more death. Oh, brother, I don't want to go to that place. Former things passed away. Behold, all things are new. Did I make all things new? Oh, yeah. So how great it's going to be. So it's worth, certainly, it's going to be a, a recompense reward. And there's going to be a payment of reward, isn't there? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's going to be a payment of reward. And uh, so the church, as it went forward and overcoming, fighting against uh, the, the forces of darkness and uh, persisting and carrying this message forward, and the scriptures teaching you that there were those that went out from the church. There were those that quit or left for whatever reason. And you know what? There's never a good reason. There's never a good excuse. There's never anything that is going to justify leaving the church, leaving the truth, leaving the message, leaving going, walking for God and living for God and running for God. You know, And so don't run from God. Run for God, okay? Run for Him. Don't strive against God. Strive with us, you know, to get to Him, to get to His, his uh, goals and His purpose here. And so, as they went out and they left, the church persisted on, and in each place. That's why, for an example, when you come to Galatians, there was a congregation there that was dug out. They were beginning to be put together by the preacher and the uh, apostle, and uh, in working hand in hand, as the, as the apostle ordained a pastor to be in that town of Galatia and to be over that congregation and to carry on faithfully 
And, and in so doing, then there were those that crept in. There were those that kind of got among the congregation. There were those, you know, I'm all for spies, if you're spying out the promised land, to bring the message to the church on what we can, can do the work of God and, and, and be successful, you know. But I, I'm sure not for spies that are crept in among us that are spying out our liberty, the Bible teaches, and that they're, they're keeping contacts with people through whatever social medias, you know, and uh, carrying the 411. You know what a, a tumblebug is, don't you? Some people are just tumblebugs. They just carry poop from one location to another. <laughs> That's all some people do, you know. We always had to teach evangelists, young evangelists coming up, that uh, when you go and you going from port to port or from uh, church to church or town to town, you be sure that you're not picking up a lot of 411 and then carrying it to the next place you go. And you're talking, talking, talking. That's not, that's not the calling. That's not, that's not the spiritual mind. You don't want to be the devil to make a tumblebug out of you. Okay? That's not, you want the Holy Ghost to, to make a, a holy vessel out of you that you can be used in this holy calling. And what you're carrying from port to port should be the gospel. This great message. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Oh, yes. There's a faithfulness connected to this. There's a loyalty connected to this. And your, your loyalty, you don't want it to come in question. You don't want it to come in question. I'm quite sure that Judas Iscariot's loyalty came into question, didn't it? And, and, and look at the end result of that. It's not something that you want to wind up at the end of that road. And uh, you don't want that at all. You don't want to be a part of them that go out and don't continue anymore. All right. And believe me, there are people that go out and they go out in a human spirit led by an, an ugly, devilish spirit. And in so doing, they go on to, it's all about the fight. It's, and it's not fighting the good fight of faith. It's all about a, a fight built around, it's really the old evil versus good. It's the devil versus God. And, uh, you know, I've told people before, it's, it's not always what you do, it's how you do it. You know, And when you do things the wrong way, and there were people that went out from the original church, and first news you know, there were, there's, there's tadpoles that get in there, there's amoebas, and there's bacterium that gets in there, drinking water, if you please, and first news you know, they're producing something sickly, all right? And, and what happens is people go out from truth and from good, strong teaching, and they go out for the wrong reasons, and they follow so-called leadership to the wrong thing. Then first news you know, they're coming up with false doctrines. And they, I'm telling you, they get wiggle worms in there, and they get, they get these odd things. Now, I can't tell you what I recently got told by one uh, family that came to visit us and wanted to know if I believed a certain thing, and I was like, what? <laughs> I'd never heard of such a thing in all my life, and I cannot repeat it here in mixed company, but it was absolutely unbelievable. And I shared it with Pastor Hopper, and he was, had the same reaction, and, and you're just like, what? You know? But there, and, and yet these people will shout for you. These people will I'll do a little utterance for you, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've seen people. I've seen people try to shout and, and do a little a dance and and uh, give a little utterance to prove 
that they were right. You know, that's that's that should prove to you that it's wrong. That should tell you something. You know, oh yeah, oh yes. Well, these folks got in among the Galatians, and the first news you know, they were wanting to drag them back to old patterns and old ways and make Christ of non-effect. All right, taking them away from the Spirit and bringing them back to the works of the flesh. Okay? And if you're justified by the works of the law, then you're no more justified by grace, the book teaches. And we're living in the time of grace, church family. Okay? It's for by grace you saved. That's how we get saved. That's how we, it's, that's what brings salvation to us. That's the freeway or the pathway, if you please, that, that brings us to us. You hear me? It all works together. It doesn't work against each other. It works together. And it's all working together in a continuance, in a, in a, in a going forward, in a moving forward, of bringing this message to everybody everywhere. And we're going to be faced with many challenges. We're going to be faced with people who get all kinds. Of, somebody woke up one day and decided that you had to keep the Sabbath day like they did under the law. And yet they don't. They don't. First of all, the time is different from here to there in Israel, okay? And many other such differences under the, under the law on the Sabbath day, you could only walk so many steps, okay? And there was many things that you could not do that these people do all the time, all right? So you, uh, you watch perversions and you watch misunderstanding. You watch and your scripture and you study and you find that before the law, there was the Sabbath. And since the law, there's the Sabbath. And we live in a time of grace. We live in a time when Jesus is our Sabbath. Okay? Okay. So we're not going back under the law. We're not going back under works in anything, whether it's the Sabbath or anything else. We're, you've got to realize that that's what the Jewish got their, their, their feet stuck in the mud of the past because they wouldn't move on with God's forward motion. And God said, if you're not moving with me, like he told Peter, if I don't, if I don't wash your, your, your feet, then you have no part with me. You know? And then, of course, Peter swung the whole other way and said, well, not just my feet, get my head. You know? <laughs> and the Lord said, I think we'll leave that part alone. <laughs> said, uh, said, you know, if you get your feet washed, that's, that's fine, that's sufficient. And, you know, if we could just do what he wants, if we could just satisfy what he wants, Okay, everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Okay, and that's why good, spiritual, godly, prayerful determinations get made on where the line is and where the line needs to stay. Okay? All right. And, and we, there are some things that our judgment calls, church family, and there's no doubt about that. But you read where Paul said he was judged faithful by God. And he gave his judgment concerning certain things. But you also watch where it lists out for you a lot of things that were fleshly and carnal and works of the flesh. And he ended it by saying, and such like, and such like. So you realize that you're picking up something that's of the same spirit of those things that were listed out. And when something's of the same spirit or the same attitude, 
than in behavior patterns, then you, you know to just add that to the list. Just because the devil comes up with a new invention doesn't mean that it's better or that it's good or that we should just embrace it. You know? And that's why there must be a caution. You know, we have in the driving realm, we have a yellow caution light, and then we have something stronger. We have the red caution light or the red blinking light. Okay? And so one is a little stronger than the other. And I'm saying to you that there are things that we need to uh, take the caution here. And, 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 the, and the leadership, uh, the pastor, is going to bring things that we have to approach it very cautiously. Because we have our souls are at stake. And the souls of others are at stake. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, let's give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. These folks, they were Jewish. And it, they never got the victory. Do you hear me? They never, you know, when David slew Goliath, he then cut his head off. You got you to gotta slay this thing, friend. You got to really put it under your feet. All right? And, and David recognized the enemy. And he took care of it to the fullness. And you've got to recognize sin and transgression. You've got to recognize, you know, something that's trying to come back up in your life. And so it is. We've got to be exceedingly cautious because the enemy's not after just one plant in the garden. He wants the whole garden. All right? He wants the whole thing. And, and I'm trying to tell you that he wants to destroy the church. Revelation chapter 12, in the very beginning, it gave us a crystal clear vision of that. Okay? And one place in the scripture, Habakkuk 2 and 3, I believe, it said that the vision, it said, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for that vision. Because it's going to come to pass. And so the things that God shows and God gives, you can rest assured. You can bank your whole eternity on it. It's going to happen, what God said. And, and God is in control. And when Revelation chapter 12 showed that, that dragon standing before the woman that was going to give birth, then you understand that that was the devil rising up through Herod. And that's why the Holy Ghost interceded and told Joseph, take that child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And then we'll have that scripture that will be fulfilled, out of Egypt have I called my son. And that time came because Mr. Herod died. You know, people just think that they're just going to keep on keeping on doing their junk. But one day, their junk comes to a screeching halt, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But you know what? God's got a church that's going to keep on keeping on. God's got people. God's got young people that are going to be taught and trained and disciplined. It's going to be handed down to them. I was told uh, just, just at the rally, Pastor Kennedy told me, he said he had, they have a young lady that's 14 years old, just started coming to the church, and she's so happy. They got her baptized, got her full of the Holy Ghost, and her whole life has changed and, um, for the good. And, and how that her mother, her mother is fighting her. And her two brothers that are older than her are fighting her. And that they're, they're actually moving out of town to get away, get this girl away from the church. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and said that um, the brothers 
in, in moving and packing the bags and whatever, that they took all of her beautiful skirts and they hid them. They threw them out, actually. And she went and found them. Where, where they threw them out, she dug them all out and repacked them. You know? And, and here's this 14-year-old girl going to try to overcome. Well, you know what? We've got the testimonies right here. I remember when, when Sister Nicole, I remember her in that back pew back there, and, I, and her mother was out there laying on the horn, wanting me to bring her out, let her take, she wanted to take her back over somewhere. And I said, um, I said, Nicole, I, I don't know what we can do. I said, your age is against us. I said, you, you know, until you're 18, I said, if, 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 anything, if you do anything, they'll just slap you on the wrist. I said, if I do anything, they'll put me in jail. I said, that's the difference. I said, we need the Holy Ghost to do something here. And I, I said, you're going to have to make up your mind what you want to do. And she went, I my mind a long time ago. <laughs> and you know what happened? Her mother drove off. Her mother just drove off and didn't take her. And I don't tell you how many times that happened. She went in the beginning uh, in winning uh, Sister Nicole. Sister Clarissa was very instrumental. And, and Nicole would stay at her house. And the mother would come and sit there and wanting her to come out and go with her. And, uh, you know, we had to go over that time and time again until finally that beautiful day came when she turned 18. <laughs> and we didn't, I remember when the sheriff called. Oh, yes, the sheriff's department called. And they, they wanted to just check up on her. And, uh, and I said, oh, yes. I said, she's, I, I believe she's doing fine. And, and she said, well, do you think maybe that she could um, just give her mother a call. And I said, well, you know, if I see her, I guess I could let her know. You know, because she we had her living somewhere else then. And um, I said, you do know, officer, I said, that she's 18 now. Oh, I know I would not in, in any way try to get involved with her private life. And I said, well, I'm sure if she feels like she should contact, she will. And, you know, she did. In time to come, she did. Meanwhile, she got married, you know. Meanwhile, God just blessed and blessed and blessed and continues to bless. Yeah. That's just one testimony of many. One testimony of many. Oh, yeah. So God's church has to keep going forward. God's church has to keep the message. God's church has to endure whatever He appoints us to. We've got to keep on keeping on. But these people, these people left. And when these Jewish people left, because it was a, there was this in them that they wouldn't conquer. And they begin to pervert and twist things. And I told you those wiggle worms, first news you know, they started teaching that there was three gods. Okay? And they started baptizing, using the title of their three gods. And they're all of, they met together and had meetings to try to figure out how to explain three gods. <laughs> and, uh, and the big thing that they met about was, what are we going to do about the Acts 2.38 people? What are we going to do about them? And they set in and they began to set laws because, see, they put themselves in the hands of the emperor of the world power, which was Rome at that time. And they joined hands with him, oh, like Pilate and Herod, right? They were enemies, now they're friends over Jesus. Oh, people, there's some strange bedfellows that come together when they, when they, when they want to fight Jesus when they want to fight the truth, when they want to fight the pastor and the leadership and the church. All the while, though, they'll, remember what I said, they'll do a little jig for you. You know, they'll do a little jig for you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but 
these folks, these Jewish folks, were actually the ones that wrote the rules and the, and the beliefs, a set of beliefs for those folks in Rome. And it morphed into what it is today. And, uh, but they, they were dead set against the truth, the original teaching. They crucified people. They burned people at the stake. They, they uh, slaughtered people and led them before lions. All kinds of things that they did because they wanted to stop the forward progress of the church and to the point that the church had to go underground into the catacombs until such time, even to the point that they, they took the light away. They, they attempted to take the scriptures away. They hid them away in fortresses called monasteries. And they, of course they had a believable story. You know, that's what the enemy does. He concocts this story. It's a, it's a web of lies, but people, people believe it, unfortunately. And it's a shame that people misplace their faith and they believe lies when they, you know what, there's an old saying, say, why lie when you can tell the truth? Well, why believe a lie when you can have the truth, right? Why do that? But people do, people do, people do. Lots of people would rather lie than speak the truth. And it's because their deeds are evil. It's because there's a darkness in their heart. It's because they've got another plan. They've got an ulterior motive. And these folks did. And they went against truth. And they fought uh, Peter and James and Paul and others uh, and Timothy and others until, of course, the last living uh, original apostle died. Okay, There were apostles, and there still are. Okay. Only trouble is you've got so much You've got so much uh, jealousy nowadays and, and hatred nowadays that, you know, they, that doesn't want to get acknowledged. And, of course, also you've got so much fake and phony. And so the enemy tries to muddle it all up. And that's why I'm trying to tell you that to have the truth in the midst of all of this that goes on is a very precious thing. And for you to recognize it and for you to get a hold of it and keep a grip on it and not let it go, cleave to this truth and never let your hand be or your heart's hand be torn away from it is what you better have a goal for. And these folks, unfortunately, they went out from the church. And it's been that way ever since. And that's why today there are so many different denominations because, or so many denominations and they're different from one another because they left the original teachings and one thing spawned something, it spawned something else, it spawned something else, it gave rise to something else, and it was just rampant. Until it's right today, it's still going on, still going on, okay? And all the more for you to believe truth and stay with truth and continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Notice, he said, that they uh, no doubt would have continued with us. There's that word, continue. They would have continued. If they'd been of us, if they'd been of the right spirit, if they had the right heart, if they had the right uh, spirit in their lives, then they would have continued with us. Things would be done correctly. Things would be done right. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. What a great God we serve. I'm going to close with a scripture in the book of James. Those of you that our platform bound is fine. You may do that. But I want to read for you in the book of James. Everybody said hallelujah. <laughs> All right. James chapter 1, 
and verse 25, said, But whoso looketh in the, into the perfect law of liberty. That's what we have. This is not a law of bondage. This is what we have is a law of liberty. And you're told to stand fast in that liberty. And having begun in the born again experience, then it would be foolish to think that you could be perfected or completed in the flesh, is what he taught. In other words, you've got to continue in the spirit. But here we, he says in uh, verse 25, he said, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, you got to continue, I'm telling you. Watch it, please. Giving you a little subject matter. You've got to continue. You've got to continue. You can't be a quitter. You can't be a quitter. This isn't for the quitters. This is for those that persist. This is for those that, that press toward the mark. The little woman was healed because she pressed through the press. Okay? She got through the multitude. She got through all of the things that were fighting her mind and the looks she was getting the attitudes and the spirits of hell. But she persisted. And she continued on until she touched him, got the healing that she needed, got what she needed. And so we want to realize that, he said, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. But listen to what he said. And, it, and, and it, it's, let it settle in your mind. It said to continue it there, and he being not a forgetful hearer. You don't want to be a forgetful hearer. Okay? Okay. That's Alzheimer's of the ear. All right? Don't get forgetful in the hearing. And also, he said, but be a doer of the word or of the work in this verse. This man or this woman, this person, shall be blessed. In their deed. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. What a great God we serve. Amen. He's a great God. Let's stand together. Let's determine that we're going to continue therein. We're going to continue. We're not going to be like those. And it became very manifest. It became plain and obvious. that They weren't of us. You ever remember reading in your Bible? about how that the uh, teaching that Jesus gave of the wheat growing up in the field and then he said that an enemy got in there and he sowed tares among the wheat. Lookalikes, hypocrites that tried to pass themselves off as the same thing. Yeah. I had a man on the phone one time, one among many, but this particular case I'm thinking of. And he tried to tell me that he was in the church and he was a believer. and He had the salvation. And I said, sir, you don't. He said, how do you know that? And I said, because I've asked you questions and you've given me the wrong answers. Given the wrong answers. So, we've got to keep this perfect law of liberty. We've got to keep this message sharp. And we've got to realize that we've been given something very unique. 
one of a kind. And yes, it is for everybody everywhere, no matter what your background is, no matter what your sin is, no matter what your confusion is, no matter what your mix-up is, okay? Jesus Christ is here to help you to get forgiveness through repentance and through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's going to put you in the church. It's going to put you in the body of believers, the corporate body of believers. And everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. All right. Let's do it. Yeah.